Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Jack Kelly, let's go live with Jack Kelly. So, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to blow your mind for this podcast, LinkedIn Live, whatever we call it. Um, you're going you're to walk away saying, oh, man, why didn't you tell me this before? My life would have been so much better. And so today, I want to talk about this. We've all been trained when looking for a job that when you're going for an interview, you have to have all the experiences, the credentials, the licenses, the, the educational background, <laughs> the whole laundry list of stuff. And that's exactly what the hiring manager wants. Um, they have a job description with 10 different bullet points. They want you to have 12 of those 10 bullet points. You have to check off everything. Otherwise, you're not going to get that job. You have to be perfect. Now, that's only half the story. So check this out. This is, this is, this is what people don't say. This is what people don't talk about. You know, the higher, it's always like, oh, you have to have everything. You have to have all these criteria and so forth. But what I've seen over the years, over the last, I hate to say it, like 20, 26 years, I'm an old man. So after all these years, here's the dirty little secret about what goes on behind the scenes. If you have a very well-experienced, qualified applicant who has all the skills, all the background, but then you have another candidate who has most of them, some of them, not all of them, but they have certain other attributes. Believe it or not, the hiring manager, more often than not, will go with that other candidate. All right, so let me set the stage for what I'm talking about. We're all trained, hey, you have to have every ingredient, everything that the job description calls for, everything that the company wants. And then if you do, you should get that job. I'm here to say that's not the case. In fact, it's just the opposite. What interviewers, and this is just, you know, this is not me just, just, you know, coming up with, you know, this, you know, off the cuff. I mean, I've, I've run a search firm going on 26 years, you know, placed literally thousands of people have tens of thousands of interviews. I can't even keep track. What happens is this, and this is kind of a, like, like, like it's a, it's, it's a secret that people really don't talk about when people are hiring, when there's a hiring manager, they, yes, they want you to have a lot of the ingredients for the job for sure. However, the key is this. They want somebody with, well, well, let's like call it the softer skills. They want somebody who has a positive attitude, someone who's upbeat, someone who is motivated, someone who has like a growth mindset, someone who's excited. So, so you could kind of picture already what it is. They don't want that sad sack, whiner, complainer. You know, they don't want somebody who's a rock star, but a jerk. They want somebody they, they can get along with. They, the hiring manager wants someone who's nice, who's normal, 
who's who, who's cool to hang out with. They want somebody who is dependable, somebody who's loyal, someone who they feel has your back when things go wrong. So, so you following me with this? While it's important to have the stuff that the job requires, it's more important to have the personality between a great candidate on paper compared to someone who's not as great, but has a good sense of humor, could crack a joke, is a nice guy or girl or man or woman, they'll go with the person who has the personality. Now, you may say like, that's crazy. Why would that like, don't, wouldn't you hire the person who has all the skills? Well, yes and no. If they have all the skills, but they lack a personality, they lack being positive, they lack coming across as a winner, they lack having, you know, energy and, and motivation and drive and positivity, because that's the, the higher management wants somebody. They want somebody who they feel I could trust. They're going to watch my back if things go wrong. They want somebody who, if, if the chips are down, they're going to, the person will say, hey, you know what? I'll work at night. I'll work on weekends. I'll do whatever it takes, boss, to help you out. And now that I'm talking to you, I think you're, under, you're going to understand what I'm talking, what I'm saying is that there's a difference. There's one level of hiring is someone has all the skills, all the requirements, and that's it, but not taking into account personality. Interviewers, hiring managers, more often than not, yes, they're not going to hire someone without any skills or whatever. So, so don't get me wrong. It's not like, hey, someone's awesome and a great person. We're going to hire them. No, you have to have some of the skills, but even if you don't have the same as somebody else, but you come across as likable, you have, you're charismatic, you're charming, you're fun to be around. You're not a, you know, not, you're not a, a bleep artist. <laughs> you, you know how to have small talk. You know, you can have chit chat. You could, you, you could, you, you've perfected the art of the schmooze. Now, let me, let me take a pause there. The reason I say that, because think about it, it's not just because you know how to schmooze. And I'm not sure if people know what schmoozing is. Schmoozing is, it's, it's like being gregarious, being able to make friends easily, to break down the barriers. <clears throat> and that's an important skill in the workplace. Because if you are a jerk, right? And you're just, I know everything. I'm smart. Look who I am. I'm this kind of person. You know, listen to me. I know everything. I've been doing this for 20 years. I know the answers. Who wants to work with someone like that? They're annoying, as opposed to somebody who knows how to like play the game and say, hey, Christine, can you really help me out? My boss needs this, and we have a, a deadline, and it's all my fault. I screwed up. I didn't realize. Can, can, can we do this? Can we work this out together? Can you help me out? That's that they want people who could have who like a human, right? Who are human and understand it and they could work with it and they could go with the flow. And if things go wrong, they don't collapse and they don't freak out and they know how to leverage their help and find other people to help them out. So, so far, Christine, does that make sense? Definitely. Having charisma, you'll go far in business, especially 
in like customer facing or like sales roles, people might do business with you because now they're kind of invested in you and they want to see you win because you're so likable. I don't know about you, but have you ever like gone into a mall and then you, you look around, you don't really want anything, but the person was so nice that you feel obligated to buy something. <laughs> yes. So Likeability goes a long way. Yes. You know, it's so, it, it's so, it's a really interesting concept. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to think off the head, top of my head of like what recently maybe I did that, but yeah, you know, whether it's a mall, whether whatever, and the person's really nice. And then you feel guilty if you don't buy something because you're like, oh, this person was so nice. They took so much time to help me out. All right, I'll buy something. <laughs> I'll do something because that person had charisma. They had that thing. You know that that one. You know sometimes it's just you have that thing. You know we've all we all know people like that who just they have that gift. Maybe the gift of gab. You know a little charisma. You know they're like a they're likable. You just feel good in their presence. Whereas others you don't. I guess maybe in a way that's what it really boils down to. You know whether it's family, friends, coworkers. It, it's like two different camps. They're one camp where you just. You just feel uncomfortable in their presence. They're tense. They're anxious. They're 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 not fun to deal with. They have no sense of humor. And then others, you look forward to interacting with them. You know, you can't wait to be on a project with a, this type of person because you know you're going to have a good time. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna focus on your project. You're gonna do the best, but you're gonna be cracking jokes. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna have a good time. You get you'll say, hey, you know what? Let's take this conversation to the bar or for dinner and just talk about it then. And there's a whole different vibe. So that for hiring managers, they're not like, you know, they're, 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 they have, they're human, I think, right? Chris, I mean, managers are human more or less, give or take, sort of, right? So they have feelings, they have emotions. And of course they want to deal with somebody who is likable, who's nice who's easy to get along with. And, and if they have that, you know, charming kind of element, it gets things done. It opens up doors. It gets access to people that maybe you wouldn't get access before. How, how do you demonstrate likability and charisma and what happens if you don't have it? Cause not everyone has it. Can it be learned? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think some people are just innately friendly and they either have a sense of humor or kind of cultivate a sense of humor over time. Um, so I think some people like either have it, but if you don't, you can kind of work on it, right? You can kind of work on it in the sense of this. You, it's, it's a mindset. Like for instance, when I started recruiting, there were a lot of recruiters. This goes back a long time, right? They would all, you know, it was in New York City. So everyone thought, you know, uh, either either they lived in New York City or from New York City or they came to New York City. So they had to, they all had to be where this cool, smart, you know, sophisticated New York recruiter. We know everything. You know, we're tough. We're smart. You know, we're the best. And it seemed phony to me, right? It just seemed like, forced it seemed like they were putting on an act right they were just putting on this 
you know, the, the charade about who they are because they thought that's what they're supposed to be. And then I would interact with these people and I'm like, like who would want to buy something from you? You, you just, you seem like a jerk, you know, like now, and then because you have this really serious demeanor, like, I don't really feel comfortable. And I realized like from that moment on, I'm just going to be myself. And I figured let them like play that part they're doing and I'll just be myself. And if people like me for myself, that's great. If they don't like me, what am I going to do? I'm not going to pretend to be someone else. So I think for people who, and you don't have to be in a sales related role or a marketing related role to have that. I think this, this helps for any type of role you're in. And this helps with the interviewing too. First of all, you want to be genuine and authentic because what happens, I don't mean to go a little bit off topic, but it does make, it does relate. Oftentimes I see this with job seekers, similar to what I mentioned about before, when you could have somebody who is a great person, right? Really fun, great person. But then, and I trust me, I've seen this happen so many times firsthand to me. Great person, awesome person. I coach them what to say in the interview, what to do, all that kind of stuff. Then they go on the interview and they're like, hi, Chris. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> and then, and then Chris, you'll ask me like a question on something. What's your greatest strength? What's your greatest weakness, Jack? My greatest strength is um, I'm really strong. And my greatest weakness is I, I'm weak. And it's like just bizarre. You know what I mean? Like they're robots. They, they, they just talk in very like robotic terms and where, you know, they just talk like this. And then also they don't have tried to feel I can't have any emotion because that's what I'm supposed to do when I'm interviewing. And that's crazy. Doesn't make sense because you're not getting that real person. And then when I get feedback from the hiring managers or HR, they'll be like, Jack, was this person really interested in job? Because they didn't seem very interested. And I'm like, I, I, I was like, like coaching them what to say. And they really want the job. They're really excited about the job. And they'll be like, well, they didn't come across that way. I'm like, but, I, but they, I, I, they really want it. Well, we didn't see it, Jack. So I don't know what to tell you. Can, can you just give another interview? Trust me. And they're just, I don't know why they did it. Maybe they were nervous, what have you. But it's a thing. It's really weird. We, people put on these kind of corporate facades because they think they have to look and act in a certain way. But when you do it, it really is a disadvantage because what ends up happening, you're not really being your true self and you don't come across as your true self. So to answer in a long-winded way, Christine's question, I think if either you have those innate abilities or you cultivate it, but by being who you are, by being genuine and authentic. Now, you don't have to be you know, the person who tells all these funny stories. You don't have to be the one who's always cracking jokes, what have you. But if you come across as genuine, as authentic, as real, people totally pick up on that. Totally pick up on that. Conversely, if you put on that, that mask, that corporate mask, and it goes both ways, not just candidates. You have the people who are interviewing put on their interview face. I can't tell you how many times I've interacting with a person who's an interviewer, who's a manager, who I've spoken, you know, in a different capacity and they're lovely to be with and they're fun and they're great and they're smart, articulate, but then they interview. So tell me about this. Why is there a gap in your resume? 
why, why, why did you get let go from this job? What did you do wrong? Like, what? What are you, what are you doing, man? That's not you. Like, why are you being like Mr. Jerky interview person? So the key takeaway is that you want to be authentic and genuine and use that to your advantage. So then when people interact with you, they know what they're going to get. Think about any situation you're in, right? If you're buying a used car, if, if you're uh, dealing with a realtor who's going to sell you a home, um, any type of transaction, uh, uh, maybe a financial advisor or stockbroker, if somebody is like putting on this fake phony facade, you just, let's be honest, you don't feel comfortable. You feel like you're going to get ripped off. Conversely, if someone comes across as who they really are, genuine, real, no airs about them, they are who they are, if they say the wrong words, so what? If they trip over themselves, so what? They go, um, 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 too much, big deal. I think that those characteristics actually endear you to you know the other person because they realize, oh, like they're just, I, 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 I'm vibing with this person. I feel comfortable with this person. I get who this person is. So, so these are the things, it's really weird that we never talk about. We never talk about these things. And these are like the most important things ever because it's not only doing this to get a job. You know what I mean? When I'm saying, you know, you want to have the charisma, I have, I have a whole list of things, right? Attached to my mic here. It's, it's, you want to have the, and I'll just go through it again. It's like having a positive, upbeat, upbeat attitude, likability factor, charisma, not a BS artist, not a whiner. Like, Hey, that's not my job. Why do I have to do this? Can't someone else do it? You know, be able to have small talk, have a sense of humor, the kind of person you feel comfortable to have a beer with, a, a cocktail with, dinner with, uh, someone who has like a wide range of interests. So you could have a really nice conversation. Um, also, somebody, they want someone who, who could deliver, who is reliable, who is trustworthy. And, and you may think like, hey, but I, like, why? The big important thing is for these hiring managers, they know they're dependent upon their team. And if they hire a team of people who have all these qualities, number one, it's going to be a pleasant work environment because now you've been hiring people who have these same kind of traits. So picture this. So now you have a whole group, maybe you have a division of five, 10, 20, 30 people who kind of all similar, you know, fun to be with, motivated, smart. That's, that's great. It's like almost like a no jerks policy. So, you might sacrifice by having someone on paper who looks a little better in terms of their background experience, education, and so forth, but they don't possess those communication soft skill qualities that's so essential in the day-to-day -day working of an operation. Does that make sense, Chris? Have you, have you, have you noticed that? I agree with you because you can always teach those technical skills where you can't necessarily teach someone to be likable. And then also in the same vein of not wanting someone who is nasty and unlikable, 
you know those types of people don't have healthy conflict resolution in the workplace right you could just feel that on some people right like you could just tell like sometimes and, and tell me if i'm wrong everybody where there, there are people in the office or even a zoom call you could just tell by their looks right like you could just be on a zoom call right and you could you, you could look at your their face right and some like you know they're like nah. <laughs> you know like some come, you know come on they're happy others like nah. Or, or, or one of these, hey, hey, good morning, Chris. How are you doing? And then Chris goes like, oh, I'm living the dream. It's great. I'm like, oh, you're not living the dream. It's annoying. That's that's so hacky. Why do you say that? Toxic positivity. What? <laughs> that's toxic positivity. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So many times we go, oh, I'm living the dream. Everything is great. It's like, oh, really? Come on, dude, be yourself, be normal. <laughs> just, just, you know, hey, if you're not feeling it, just say, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm not feeling it. Bear with me today. <laughs> I'm doing my best. That you can respect, but the phoniness, toxic, positive, you know, positivity. Chris, maybe you want to share like what that is, toxic positivity, because that, that's a really interesting thing. Toxic positivity is just like when you're like overly positive, it's not genuine and it's not like conducive either and it forces other people to feel like now they have to like put on this this like positive air and it's not it's not genuine to like who they are or how they feel that's that why gotta be, that gotta be right tough to do that right like because it's like you're wearing a mask all day long right <laughs> trying to pretend to be happy and peppy when like things aren't even that great yeah, it must be tiring. It reminds me of those memes where it's like people just getting home from work and they're they're like pulling off their mask and it's like the devil. <laughs> <underneath>. <laughs> but to go back to what you were saying before, I think showing you can roll with the punches or team play or not a whiner. That's especially important in this economic environment, because sadly, after all the layoffs, there's a lot of people who are serving several different job functions where many hats after work got offloaded to them so employers want people who can take on things that aren't necessarily in their job description that's not to say that it's right but it's kind of what's happening right now so it's important to be that team player role with the punches and just not complain like oh this is not in my job description yeah i love that because so in addition to you know we, we started out talking about interviewing for for a job you know going through that and what they're looking for. But then as Christine has talked about, once you're in the job, particularly in a market that's not so great, and for the white collar professionals right now, it's not so great. You have to readjust the way you act. You can't be that. It's not my job. It's not in a job description. Why do I have to do that? It's not, I, I'm not supposed to do that. So it is supposed to do that. Or, you know, it's not my fault. You know, Joe messed up. So let him deal with it. Nah, that attitude does not work in a tough market. You gotta, you gotta look at it this way. And and it's sad to say, but when things are not like wonderful and it's not terrible now, but just for white collar professionals, it's harder. It's definitely harder. And going into the holidays it makes everything slow down. So you don't, and in a rear view mirror, 
and actually still kind of going on. There's still lots of layoffs. Citigroup just announced one just the other day. So there are layoffs. There's still downsizings. You need to be the one to keep your job. And you keep your job by showing they need you. They want you. If you're a complainer, if you're a whiner, you're like, you know, always pushing back on things. Why do I have to do this? Can someone else do it? You know, well, I, I got I, I, I got to do something. Can I do this later? Can I do it tomorrow? Oh, I missed a project, but that's not my fault. This happened. So it's not my fault. It, that doesn't work. In an environment that's challenging, that's tough. The ones who will stay, the ones who will survive, the ones who will avoid getting laid off are the ones who are going to get things done. The people who come in there knowing that things are harder, accepting it, stepping up and making things happen. Not only making things happen, but acknowledging, let's say to your supervisor, hey, I get it. Things are a little tougher now. What can I do to help you? What do you need me to do? I'm here for you. Tell me what I could do to make your life easier. Now, some people may roll their eyes and say, Jake, you're just sucking up. You're sucking up to the boss. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I'd rather not have a job than suck up to the boss. Well, that's not really the thing. You're not sucking up. You're being, you're being like a human being. You're being normal. You're being practical. Hey, we're in a tough environment. So if I'm going to be like a jerk and not help out and complain, well, how is that helping anything? That's making it worse. So you might as well try to see how I can make it better. Better for my boss, better for my colleagues, my coworkers, better for the company. Why not? And then people notice that. They're going to say, hey, this guy, Jack, you know, he's taking on responsibilities. You know, he's not complaining. He's doing whatever it takes. He's meeting his deadlines. He's exceeding expectations. And then if it comes time for a raise, promotion, bonus, when it comes time to maybe they're going to, you know, make some job cuts, the person who is going that extra distance is going to survive and, and even thrive because they're going to stand out where everyone else is being miserable and ornery and complaining and bitching and moaning and boohooing, the ones who are saying, you know what? I'm not going to let this get me down. I have a growth mindset. I have a success mindset. I want to move forward. So what? It's bad. So what? It's a little tough. I'm going to make my own breaks. I'm going to make things happen. And that's what they want. That's what people love. Hiring managers, managers, executives. They want that person with that can-do attitude. You know, that person who's going to step up, they're going to make things happen. They're not going to bitch and moan and complain. They're going to look for solutions. They're going to be problem solvers. They're, they're going to come up with ideas. Some could be good. Some could not be good, but they're trying. They're trying to make it happen. So let's, let's, let's just kind of regroup from here. Going into the interview, keep in mind, yes. Do you need to have a lot of the skills? Yes. However, if you have those intangible qualities of likability, charisma, sense of humor, drive, motivation, authenticity, you could be able to get that job before somebody who went to a better college, who has more experience, has more 
on that resume, but doesn't have the personality, doesn't, doesn't have, doesn't have that shine, doesn't have that aura about them that you feel, wow, this person I love to be with. But if they love to want to be with you, that person will get the job. But then to keep the job, you got to continue being that person. You can't then just relax. You have to keep that momentum up. And those are the ones who not only survive, but they thrive. Those are the ones who will be asked, you know, will get promoted to get the really cool assignments. They'll be given the really good customers and clients to deal with. And then it becomes self-fulfilling because then you realize, wow, because I'm being genuine and authentic and I'm nice and I'm friendly and I'm engaged in small talk and I, and I, and I make friends within the organization and I help people out whenever they need it. Wow. So that works. So now you're motivated to keep doing it again and it's reinforcing. And then it's like this flywheel effect where it just kind of keeps going and you keep moving your career forward. And I think a lot of the mistakes we've seen in terms of like the bare minimum Monday, acting your wage, quiet quitting, great resignation, all that stuff I think was ter terrible advice, terrible advice for people because you're saying be the lowest common denominator, do the very least you can. Stick it to stick it to the bosses, stick it to the executives, screw them, they're rich, hell with them. That how's that helping? It's 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 hurting yourself. It's hurting yourself because you're not being the best you can be. You're just kind of dragging your feet, disengaged, getting through the day, scrolling on the internet, shopping on Amazon, watching videos thinking you're getting away with it, but you're not because the people who are actually are doing things and, and doing the things we just talked about, they're the ones who are going to move forward with their career. Those are the ones who are going to succeed and do well. And the ones who think they're, 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 they're gaming the system and they're taking advantage, they're not. Because here's another thing. Managers and executives, they know the ones who are just shirking their responsibilities. They're not dumb. Like, you know, it's a TV cliche, you know, where the boss is like dumb. It's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm just a dopey boss. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. That's not the real, come on. In big corporate America, in these, you know, in the, especially in these major league type of uh, organizations, the people on top are pretty sharp. You may like them, not like them, but you got to admit, they got there because they're pretty intelligent. So they know when you're just you're, you're you're just slacking you're cyber loafing you're just you're just going through the motions and they're taking note of it they're taking note of it and it's going to harm you in the long term so what I, <clears throat> what i would suggest from the beginning of the interview phase throughout your career you always don't worry about what other people are doing let them slack let them act their wage let them just be grumpy and cranky. Let them put on these fake corporate whatever and talk in this corporate jargon and all that stuff. But let them do what they do. You want to be authentic. You want to be genuine. You want to be true to yourself. You want to be motivated. You want to be positive. You want to be upbeat. You want to cultivate all these communication skills so that people want to work with you and collaborate with you and partner with you. 
And then what ends up happening over time, you know, let's say when people leave the organization, go somewhere else and so forth, and a job opens up, they're going to remember you. They're going to say, hey, there's this guy, Jack, and this, this woman, Christine, who are really great. I used to work with them. You know what? If we could recruit them, oh, man, that would be awesome. Because then you get a reputation. You're that person. And then that'll follow you with your career. And take it from a recruiter. That's what happens a lot. Because I'll, like, let's say, recruit for a certain job. And they'll say, well, you know, I'm happy here. I don't want to leave. But uh, you know what? Definitely give Jack or Christine a call. They're amazing. They're awesome. I don't know if they're looking. But you know what? You should at least, you know, talk to them and see if they want that job. So it be, like I said, it, it just becomes this perpetual positive cycle when you have this attitude, this positivity, but not a fake positive, a real one. And, and, and let's be real. It's not going to be every day. You're going to be not every day. Can you come in like that? Some days you're just, you don't have it and that's fine, but you want to have more days than not that you're doing everything to make your life better. Now, how's that, Chris? So far, so good? Yeah, I was also going to add with these likable people, if they don't hire them for that specific position, we've seen where they'll create a position mm -hmm. specifically for you because they like you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Right, because think about it. If, if they, if they really, if a person goes above and beyond and they're, they're easy to deal with, they're, they're fun to deal with, they're productive, they're not complainers. Yeah. Like if something, they're going to, they're going to be the first one tapped for a cool job, for a cool, you know, promotion for anything, because they're like, Hey, this, this person's great. You know, let's, 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 let's keep pushing this person forward. To play devil's advocate. Do you think that the Peter principle catches up to the people who are only hired on their likability? You know, that's a great question. So the P, you, you may, would you want to explain for people who may or may not know the Peter principle? The Peter principle are, it's the, about people who are promoted to their level of incompetence. You're not really competent, but you get promoted and promoted until you hit this ceiling where it's blatantly clear you're, you're not qualified for the job. So, so then to answer your question with the Peter principle, uh, it's there. Like we've all, seen, <laughs> we've all seen like my, the Michael Scotts at the office, you know, <laughs> where they've kind of reached where they are and they're like really not good in their role. I would say for people who are worried about the Peter principle hitting, meaning like I'm in this role and I it's in a way also i think imposter syndrome could kind of come in with it to a certain degree but imposter syndrome is like where you feel oh i don't belong here i shouldn't be here but peter principal i don't know if they really know that they're not good at what they do but i think what you need to do either way is to have some self-reflection and really think hey i'm in this role now do I have the skills? Do I have the ability? Did I did I just ride through the ranks because I'm a great networker and I'm a great schmoozer? And now I'm in a role that, you know, hmm, these skills may not take me to that next level. I think then you have to really take a self-assessment of yourself and say, huh, two things, either A or one, that I'm going to just, all right, this is where I'm just going to level off. That's it. Or you might say, all right, you know what? 
I got to now maybe, you know, up my game um, and figure out how do I take it to the next level? And that could be maybe getting a mentor, a sponsor, a truth teller, kind of surround yourself with like a board of directors. And I'm stealing this from uh, uh, this guy, a guy, Neil Dare, who's a, a PwC vice chair, who was talking, that's what, what he's done with his career is like finding these people, he calls it a board of directors, mentor sponsors, truth tellers, meaning someone who could just tell you, you know, you need somebody who could just really be honest with you and they won't get mad at you for telling you the truth and you, and, and you could learn from it. So maybe get a coach, <clears throat> um, maybe take some online courses. So this way you could say, Hey, I did hit the wall a little bit, but you know what? I now have to cultivate these new skills, learn these new skills, find people who could help me bring it to the next level. And I think a lot of people are happy to do that. A lot of people love to give back. And if you're a good person and you have a good reputation, they'd be more than happy to say, hey, Jack, I see you or you're now in this role. And between you and I, I can see you're struggling a bit. Let me help you. Let, let's talk. Let, let, let's sit down. Let's figure out, get a game plan, how to do it. So yeah, I, I would say, Christine, it's, it's possible you hit that wall, but you have to reevaluate and figure out means and ways and get some overall help to take it to that next step and then keep it going. Love that advice. All right. So cool. So how's that guys for, uh, you know, for, for, uh, uh, early morning LinkedIn live chock full of information, stuff that you probably like, I didn't know that's what they wanted, that I should be authentic and real. I was always putting on like that serious face when I interview. Now I know maybe I should do different. And whoa, I was just dragging along at work. I really should up up it because they're going to notice this. So I'm hoping that a lot of this resonates. Um, as always, feel free in the comments where Christine put up, you know, the, the graphic about today's, you know, today's LinkedIn Live. If you have any questions, if you if you want clarification for anything, any topics you want us to talk about, you know, in the future. Um, or anything that's on your mind, any in any way we could help, just 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 let us know. So I, I, I appreciate everybody for watching. I hope this was beneficial. And, uh, you know, hey, have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Take care.